ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا وسيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله اما بعد so we were discussing the different types of duas that you read at night and if you suddenly wake up in the middle of the night and we're carrying on with that here inna min al-adhkaril azimati an-nafi'ah liman yurawwa'u fi manamihi aw yajidu wahshah wa qalaqa aw yusibuhu al-faza' fi nawmihi an yaqula 'inda husuli shay'in min dhalika lahu that a person if he wakes up in the middle of the night he wakes up in fear as we say maybe he had a nightmare or something of that nature then one of the things you can say upon arising and waking up like that is a'udhu bi kalimatillahi tammah min ghadabihi wa iqabihi wa sharri ibadihi wa min hamazatishayatini wa an yahdurun that I seek refuge in the perfect and complete words of Allah from His anger and punishment and from the evil of His servants and from the workings of the shayateen and that they be present. So in this, you are asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to protect you from the shayateen, to protect you from the evils of mankind. And you ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala making this dua seeking refuge in him seeking refuge in allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from these evils a'udhu bi kalimatillahi at-tammah min ghadabihi wa 'iqabihi wa sharri 'ibadihi wa min hamazatish-shayatin wa an yahdurun In another narration of Abu Dawood, 
and At-Tirmidhi and other than them from the hadith of Abdullah ibn Amr ibn al-As radiyallahu anhu anna rasulallahi sallallahu alayhi wa sallama qal that the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said إِذَا فَزِعَ أَحَدُكُمْ فِي النَّوْمِ فَلْيَقُلْ If any of you gets shocked at night, you wake up in fright, then he must say, أَعُوذُ بِكَلِمَاتِ اللَّهِ التَّامَّةِ مِنْ غَضَبِهِ وَعِقَابِهِ وَشَرِّ عِبَادِهِ وَمِنْ هَمَزَاتِ الشَّيَاطِينَ وَأَنْ يَحْضُرُونَ فَإِنَّهَا لَنْ تَضُرَّهُ This narration is exactly the same as the previous one, but it says at the end, if you make that dua, فَإِنَّهَا لَنْ تَضُرَّهُ then they will not harm him. No shayateen will be able to harm him. It is narrated by Al-Imam Ahmad or reported by Al-Imam Ahmad from Al-Walid ibn Al-Walid radiyallahu anhu annahu qal Ya Rasulallah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam إني أجد وحشة قال إذا أخذت مضجعك فقل أعوذ بكلمات الله التامة من غضبه وعقابه وشر عباده ومن همزات الشياطين وَأَنْ يَحْضُرُونَ فَإِنَّهُ لَا يَضُرُّكَ وَبِالْحَرِي أَلَّا يَقْرَبُكَ In this narration, the same dua is mentioned again. أَعُوذُ بِكَلِمَاتِ اللَّهِ التَّامَّةِ مِنْ غَلَبِهِ وَعِقَابِهِ وَمِنْ شَرِّ عِبَادِهِ وَمِنْ هَمَزَاتِ الشَّيَاطِينَ وَأَنْ يَحْضُرُونَ And then it mentions فَإِنَّهُ لَا يَضُرُّكَ Then no harm will come to you. No harm will come to you. وَبِالْحَرِيءَ لَّا يَقْرَبَكَ And then it is something appropriate that they would not come anywhere near you. The shayateen would not approach you. They would not come anywhere near you in that case then. So this is a dua that is supposed to be read if you wake up in a state of terror or you wake up with a fright during the night. Then you read this particular dua. Particular dua.
What does it all mean? A'udhu bi kalimatillahi tamah. I seek refuge in the perfect and complete words of Allah. Seeking refuge in Allah. It means that you are returning back to Him, resorting to Him, seeking refuge in Him, seeking protection in Him, because nobody else can give you that protection and preserve you and guard you besides Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. What is it that you are seeking protection in Allah from? From his anger and his punishment, from the anger of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and his punishment, and from the evil of his servants, the evil doers, evil from mankind, and from the whispers of the shayateen and that they come to you. You ask Allah for protection to be guarded from the whisperings of the shayateen and guarded from them arising upon you. So that is a dua for the one who wakes up suddenly in fright in the middle of the night. Oh. There's a few more we're going to come across yet. There's a few more coming as well yet. The next one, مَا يَقُولُهُ مَنْ رَأَى فِي مَنَامِهِ مَا يُحِبْ أَوْ what somebody is supposed to say if you see a good dream or a bad dream. When it comes to dreams, how many types of dreams are there? Two types of dreams, what are they? Good dreams and bad dreams. Any other types of dreams? Any other types of dreams? Mm. Not here. Here are just three types of things that you see in your dreams. Good dreams, bad dreams, one left. That's the bad dreams. Huh. Weird dreams where you don't know what's happening. Sometimes you have weird dreams. You have weird dreams where you don't know what's happening. Not good, not bad, just some weird mixed up dream. It's true. So you have good dreams. Ibn al-Qayyim rahimahullah ta'ala mentioned this. You have good dreams. They are from the angels. You have bad dreams. The shaitan. And then you have the third category which are just a mixed up, jumbled up, normal dreams about things that you were doing. So imagine tonight you have a dream that you're sitting in the class and you get asked a question and you get the answer right and then in your dream you're sitting on a bus 
And then after that, you're swimming in a river. You're doing all these things in your dream. And then you think to yourself, how did I get from the class to the bus? How did I get from the bus to the river? You can't even remember in your dream. That type of dream is just a mixed up dream about your life. Just things that you might have done. Maybe you saw a picture of a river on the side of a bus as it was driving by. So now you remember that and you have a dream about those things. So those dreams don't mean anything. Those types of dreams don't mean anything. If you drive home now after the prayer, and on the way when you're driving home, you see a bus, and they always have big pictures on buses, and you see a picture of a river and a waterfall on this bus that drives by as you're driving home. You just see it for like two seconds, and then you carry on, you don't even think about it. But tonight you go to bed and you have a dream, you're swimming in a river. Where did that dream come from? Maybe because just for a couple of seconds you saw that river and waterfall on the side of the bus picture as you were driving home. Maybe. So does your dream mean anything? You're swimming in a waterfall, in a river, and then you went all the way down the waterfall. And you went down and then you came up. Does that mean anything? What does it mean? You went down a waterfall and then you came up again. Surely that has some meaning. No meaning to it? You're absolutely right. No meaning to it. But this is the problem with people. They have these normal dreams. Normal dreams because of things that they may remember, things that they've seen, places that they've been. They may remember something in their subconscious and they have a dream about it. They remember seeing a red coat in the mosque. So tonight they have a dream that they're going to the shops and buying 20 red coats. Where did they get that dream from? Because they just saw a red coat for a few seconds during the day in their mind, so they have a dream about red coats. What does it mean? We need to go to a sheikh to find out what it means, huh? That's what people start saying. Any dream they have, anything, there must be some meaning to it. We have to go to a sheikh to find out what the red coat means. MashaAllah, the sheikh will give interpretation too. The red coat means this is going to happen and that's going to happen. Nonsense. That's why the scholars, they said, a sheikh, Hamad al-Ansari and others, these types of dreams that you have and the people go crazy trying to find out what the ta'wil is, what the interpretation of those dreams is, and the reality is those dreams have zero interpretation or meaning. It's a coat that you saw in the mosque and then you have a dream about the coat. It's a bus that you saw with a picture and you have a dream of it afterwards. It means nothing. So those types of dreams mean nothing. The other two categories were what? The good dreams that come from the angels and the bad dreams come from the shaitan. So now then, if somebody has <coughs> a good dream or a bad dream, فَبَتَ فِي السُّنَّةِ أَحَادِيثُ عَدِيدَةِ 
عن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم في بيان ما ينبغي أن يقوله المسلم ويفعله عندما يرى في منامه ما يحب أو عندما يرى فيه ما يكره There are many narrations in the sunnah that tell us what to do when you see a good dream and what to do when you see a bad dream ومن الأحاديث ما رواه البخاري في صحيحه عن ابي سعيد الخدري رضي الله عنه انه سمع النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم يقول حديث وجزنا البخاري ابو سعيد الخدري رضي الله عنه he heard the prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم say إذا رأى أحدكم رؤيا يحبها فإنما هي من الله If any of you sees a dream that you like It's a beloved dream, something nice that you see Then that dream is from Allah That dream is from Allah فَلْيَحْمَدِ اللَّهَ عَلَيْهَا So praise Allah upon that dream. وَلْيُحَدِّثْ بِهَا And you should tell people about it. That good dream that you have, some good dream, maybe you dream that you are in Medina visiting the scholars of Ahlul Sunnah Sitting with the mashayikh, maybe you have some dream like that, a good dream. So you should tell the people about that good dream. وَإِذَا رَأَى غَيْرَ ذَلِكَ مِمَّا يَكْرَهُ But if a person sees something that he dislikes, like a nightmare as we say, فَإِنَّمَا هِيَ مِنَ الشَّيْطَانِ Then that dream has come to you from the shaytan. فَلْيَسْتَعِذْ مِنْ شَرِّهَا Then you must seek refuge from its evil. Ask Allah to give you protection and to guard you from the evil that you saw. وَلَا يَذْكُرُهَا وَلَا يَذْكُرْهَا لِأَحَدٍ And you must not tell anybody about it. You must not talk about nightmares that you had. فَإِنَّهَا لَا تَذُرُّهُ Because they will not be able to harm you. Evil dreams will not be able to harm you. Hmm. If you have a dream, it's a good dream then. If you have a dream about something you've experienced, that it was some good type of dream you had, and that's a good dream and you can tell people about it. It's mentioned in the hadith of Abu Qatada. Hadith of Abu Qatada. Or rather, Abu Qatada said, Hadith is from Abu Salama, and Abu Qatada mentions in it, 
ana kuntu la ara ar-ru'ya tumridhuni that i used to see dreams i used to have dreams that used to make me ill used to get him ill hatta sami'tu an-nabiy sallallahu alayhi wa sallam yaqul until i heard the prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam say ar-ru'ya al-hasanatu min allah the good dream it is from allah فَإِذَا رَأَ أَحَدُكُمْ مَا يُحِبَّ فَلَا يُحَجِّثْ بِهِ إِلَّا مَنْ يُحِبَّ So if you see something that you like, then do not speak of it except to those who you like. Speak to the people that you love. وَإِذَا رَأَ مَا يَكْرَهْ But if you see something that you dislike, فَلْيَتَعَوَّذْ بِاللَّهِ مِنْ شَرِّهَا وَشَرِّ الشَّيْطَانِ Then you seek refuge in Allah. Ask Allah for protection from the evil of what you saw in that vision and from the evil of the shaytan. وَلْيَتْفُلْ ثَلَاثًا And you spittle to your left three times. Spittle three times to your left. وَلَا يُحَجِّثْ بِهَا فَإِنَّهَا لَن And you don't mention it to anyone because it will not harm you. In the hadith of Jabir in Sahih Muslim, إِذَا رَأَى أَحَدُكُمُ الرُّؤْيَا يَكْرَهُهَا فَلْيَبْصُقْ عَنْ يَسَارِهِ ثَلَاثًا وَلْيَسْتَعِذْ بِاللَّهِ مِنَ الشَّيْطَانِ ثَلَاثًا وَلْيَتَحَوَّلْ عَنْ جَنْبِهِ الَّذِي كَانَ عَلَيْهِ That if one of you sees a dream that you dislike. If one of you sees a dream that you dislike, then spittle to your left three times. And also say, أَعُوذُ بِاللَّهِ مِنَ الشَّيْطَانِ الرَّجِيمِ three times. And also change over the side that you are sleeping. So if you woke up, in fright, in terror, from a nightmare, spittle to your left, say, أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم, three times, three times. And imagine when you woke up, you were on your right hand side. So then you move across to where? Okay, let's start different. Imagine you woke up and you were on your left hand side. You woke up and you were on your left hand side. The hadith says, move across. Change the position you're sleeping in. So if you are on your left hand side, where would you go? The right hand side. Imagine when you woke up, you were on your back. Flat on your back. Where would you go?
on the stomach, you shouldn't sleep on the stomach. It is not permissible to sleep on the stomach. You would change over to your right side. What if you were already on your right side, then where would you change to? Not supposed to go to your left side on purpose. So in that case, you can just go to the middle. And you lie on your back. There are also narrations that if you have a nightmare, you can do all of that, fiddle to your left three times, do the isti'adha three times, change the position of your sleeping, but also, in the event of having a nightmare, you can get up, go and make wudu and pray two raka'at. That is mentioned as a sunnah. If you have a nightmare, get up and go make wudu and pray two raka'at, then return back. So to summarize here, there are five main benefits we can summarize. Benefit number one is that the good dreams we have learned come from, from angels from Allah. So that is a glad tidings for the believer. It is a glad tidings. For a person that he has a good dream, تَعَظِيمُ شَأْنِ الرُّؤْيَا الصَّالِحَةِ يَرَاهَ الْمُسْلِمُ وَأَنَّهَا مِنَ اللَّهِ عَزَّ وَجَلْ سَاقَهَا إِلَىٰ عَبْدِهِ الْمُؤْمِنِ فِي حَيَاتِهِ بَشَارَةً لَهُ بِالْخَيْرِ If Allah gives you a good dream, then it's a glad tidings to you. It is a glad tidings to you that you have a good dream. وَتَأْنِيسًا لِقَلْبِهِ وَطَمَأْنَةً لِفُؤَادِهِ That it also brings about comfort to your heart and tranquility to your heart that you have a good dream. Some of the Salaf they used to say هِيَ الرُّؤِيَ الصَّالِحَةً يراها الرجل الصالح أو ترى له that it is the good dream a person sees or is shown what is the good dream a person sees or is shown تفسيرا لقوله تعالى لهم البشرى في الحياة الدنيا وفي الآخرة that for them is the glad tidings in this world and in the afterlife. What is the glad tidings for a person in this world and in the afterlife? The good dream. Having that good dream from Allah, that is the glad tidings for a person in this world and in the hereafter. The second point, that if you have a nightmare, something that you dislike, then that dream is from the shaytan. Bayan anna ma yarahu al-mu'min fi manamihi mimma yakrahuhu innama huwa min al-shaytan. 
ليحزن أو ليحزن الذين آمنوا وليس بضارهم شيئا إلا بإذن الله وما يراه الإنسان في منامه ينقسم إلى ثلاثة أقسام الرؤية الصالحة التي هي بشرة من الله لمن رآها أو رؤيت له والرؤية التي هي من الشيطان وهي أهاويل يأتي بها الشيطان للإنسان في منامه أو وأمثال مكروهة يضربها بقصد التشويش على الإنسان وإدخال الحزن عليه والضجر في قلبه والقسم الثالث هي الأحلام التي تجري على الإنسان في منامه مما يحدث به الرجل نفسه في اليقظة تجري عليه في المنام جريانها في اليقظة So these are the three <coughs> three types of dreams. The good dream that is the glad tiding from Allah, the bad dream that is from the shaitan, and the third category is the typical things in your subconscious, something that you may have done or seen, and so you have a dream about them. Thirdly, بيان ما ينبغي أن يفعله المسلم عندما يرى في منامه ما يكره أو ما إذا رأى في منامه ما يحب that what a person is supposed to do if he sees something in his dream that he loves what he is supposed to do then of course Of course you are happy with that dream. It's a glad tidings for you. And you go and inform the ones whom you love. But the Salaf they used to say, Ar-ru'ya tasurru al-mu'min wa la taghurru. If you have a good dream about something, that's glad tidings, that is good. And you speak about it to the ones you love. But you do not become deceived by it. So you have a good dream about something good happening. You don't become deceived into thinking that's it. It's going to be like this. It's going to be like that. I'm going to get this. I'm going to get that. Do not become deceived And do not become overwhelmed by a dream that you have. It is a glad tidings from Allah. But don't start to think that's it. I'm going to get this, I'm going to get that. It's going to come true. You don't become deceived by a dream you have. Fourthly, from the benefits that we've learned, is what to do when you have a bad dream. So there was a list of things. What do you do if you have a bad dream? So you spittle to your left three times. That's one thing. Say, A'udhu Billahi Minash Shaitanir Rajeem. How many? Three times. That's two things. You can go and make wudu and pray two raka'at. That's three things. Change your position of sleep. If you're on your left hand side, change over to 
the right hand side. If you're on your back, change over to right hand side. If you're already on your right hand side, change to the middle. If you've fallen off the bed, you're on the floor. Then you go back into your bed. So, that is the different things mentioned there. Point number five from the benefits. One more thing about the bad dreams, and that's the fifth benefit. There was one more thing about the bad dreams. Don't tell anybody about it. The bad dreams, you don't go and mention them to anyone because the hadith says they will not harm you. So that is the section regarding the night time. What a person reads in the morning, in the evening, when awakening from something that frightens you. Those are the supplications for that section. Ah, we mentioned it, just now. Mm. The sleeping on the stomach, remember? What did we say? It's not allowed to sleep on your stomach. That's, there's a prohibition in the sunnah to sleep on your stomach. About the people of the fire, some example and parables is given to that. And I think, I think it was Ibn al-Qayyim, I think, he mentioned even there are medical reasons for your body why it's not good to sleep on your stomach. I think it was Ibn al-Qayyim. He mentioned some medical reasons why it's not really a good idea to sleep on your front. It's not good for your body and your organs to sleep on your front. So there's a prohibition anyway regarding that. <coughs> Any other questions up to there before we move on? If what? If you were sleeping on your left? Whilst you're asleep? If you turned on to your stomach whilst you are asleep? What's the ruling? When you wake up, you're going to move, but overnight, you were sleeping on your stomach without knowing. When you're asleep, are you responsible for what you've done? Can is raised from three people. A person who is asleep, then he's not responsible until he wakes up. So if you go to sleep on your right-hand side, then you wake up in the morning and you notice you're on your stomach. That happened in the middle of the night. You turned over in the middle of the night, you don't even know it. That's not your responsibility, then you're not accountable for that. If you're sleeping, sitting down. Is it possible to go to sleep sitting down? Hmm. Unless you're really good at sleeping, it is possible. It is possible that you could fall asleep sitting down. And the scholars, they mention this in the books of fiqh. Which chapter do they mention this in? 
the wudu because it talks about whether you have to make wudu well one of the nullifiers of wudu is what what's one of the things that breaks your wudu going to sleep if you fall asleep and then you wake up that means your wudu is now broken but it has to be proper sleep a deep sleep a proper sleep where you can no longer perceive um, you, you can no longer hear or see you have no perception left of what's going on around you so now some of the sahaba when it got to isha time they used to get very tired because they used to get up early in the morning at fajr and they used to go out to their fields and everything else and do hard work all day so when it got to Isha time, they would get quite tired and they'd be sitting in the mosque waiting for Isha prayer, waiting for the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam to come out and lead them in the prayer. So one time the Prophet came out late. So they were sat there waiting for Isha, waiting for the Prophet to come. And it was getting later and later, and they were getting more and more tired. So some of them in the hadith, it mentions they were sitting there. And what was happening to their heads? They were nodding off. When you get tired, then you start to nod off. Then you wake up. Sometimes you might just go there. And... You might start breathing heavy. Somebody falls asleep, the breathing pattern changes. And you might start doing a little bit of snoring. You might have a little bit of snoring. And it mentions in the hadith, some of the companions were lying there, or sitting there, sitting there. They were sitting there and they were tired. And there was a little bit of snoring noise. Like you could tell they were asleep. So a bit of noise was coming to show that a person is asleep because your breathing changes when you go to sleep. So that's what was happening. But then when the Prophet came, they so then they woke up and then did they have to make wudu again? So that shows even though they were asleep, it wasn't deep sleep. That's why the scholars, they say, if you go to sleep, in a position where your body is not controlled, it's not controlled, then it's not deep sleep. So when you're sitting down now, just on the wall there, <coughs> and you fall asleep, right now, your body is controlled, you are sitting up. If you fell into complete deep sleep, what would happen? You would fall sideways off the wall. Right now, even though you're asleep and your, sub, your you know, consciousness has gone a bit, you're on the wall, but there's enough to keep your body on the wall. If you fell into complete deep sleep, you would fall right down. Complete deep sleep, your body would go. So the fact that they have their body in a position 
that they are still controlling yet. They are still controlling their body yet. It is not in a position where no control is required. When you're lying down, is any control required of your body? Lying down, relax, that's it. You can fall asleep, deep sleep. When you're uh, on a sofa lying down, or you're on a recliner, the recliner sofas, press the button and the sofa comes out, you lie down. So now on that, is your body requiring any control? You're lying down on that recliner sofa, you can go to deep sleep. When you're sitting on the wall, does your body require some control to stay there? It does. So as long as you maintain that control, it shows you're not really in absolute deep sleep yet. So the Sahaba were there, and they were in that level of controllability with their body, and so that was not considered as deep sleep. So your question was what? Who asked the question? What was the question about? If you go to sleep whilst you're sitting down. If you go to sleep whilst you're sitting down, and these things happen, you have these dreams, the rulings are exactly the same. Obviously you can't change positions if you're sitting down. But you could do the spittling, you could say the isti'adha, you could get up and go make wudu, and you could get up and go lie down, and if you did go and lie down, you'd lie down on your bed, but which side? On your right side. That's what would happen. Hmm. Sleepwalking. Allah alam what is mentioned regarding sleepwalking and the rulings around it. We'll have to research that. Why do you have to spittle to your left when you wake up from a bad dream and not to your right? Because everybody has a shaitan with them and that shaitan is on the left. You spittle to your left. Anything else? <clears throat> the next section is a new section now. It's a different topic. It is now going to be about the du'as, <coughs> the du'a, or the different types of du'a that you read when leaving the home. And then what you have to read when entering your home. So that's an important one because all of us leave the homes and go back into the homes. Just now, a while ago, you left your homes and after a while you're going to go back to your homes, inshallah. So the next section we're going to look at the du'as that you're supposed to read when you're leaving your home and the du'as you're supposed to read when you're going back into your home. We'll do that, we'll do that, we'll do it when we get to it. Any other questions for today then? We'll round off that section, we'll start the chapter regarding the home, entering du'as, exiting du'as. Next week, insha'Allah ta'ala. Any other question or anything before we round off?
Alright, we'll carry on then insha'Allah ta'ala next week at approximately 7 p.m. 10 to 7, 10 to 7, 7 p.m. roughly insha'Allah. Wa sallallahu ala nabiyyina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'a.